Hello and welcome back to number 285 of the Whatnots Review Show. My name is Kyle Springer. I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, my folks are going to be on a road trip this week. Mm. They're going to pass through your own Oklahoma City tonight. They're not going to stop and do anything. Just I'll, sleep I'll there. stand at my window and wave what? as they drive by. <laughs> Just just send them good vibes. Just we'll send do. out some we'll good do. vibes for my parents, please. Thank you. Will do indeed. Uh, man, I, so I just on for Friday went to go see Godzilla minus one minus color. Oh, I was. Yeah, that? it was so good. It was amazing. Good. Um, I, I this is my second time seeing it because I saw it once originally in. <laughs> in color uh mm -hmm. but i don't know i think i kind of liked it better in black and white Ooh, i don't know okay. it's it's still just an absolutely fantastic movie it's really really good um i don't have to say there are a couple scenes that i wish was like it's obvious it's like okay they didn't make this for black and white yeah and they tried their best but it's a little dark can't really see everything uh, but then there's there's a like there's most of it just looks absolutely fantastic. But there's certain scenes that just look incredible in black and white. It's just like, oh, my goodness, this looks awesome. Um, so I, I I had a blast with that this weekend. Nice. That's what I've been up to, up to. But uh, we're actually here to talk about something else uh jap J japanese related i i, I don't Set know if this japan. show yeah i was gonna say i don't know if this it's, show was made in japan or, or not no but, i think it's an uh, american french co-production actually oh interesting did not know that uh this week here on the podcast uh we are here to talk about blue eye samurai uh netflix's new animated show um that's I've been hearing a lot of good stuff about. It's actually been out for, I guess, a good month or two now. Yeah. Um, but we're we're just I getting about, to it here on the show. Yeah. Pretty shortly after it came out, you wanted to put it on the review show calendar. And this was our yeah. earliest opening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Um, this was I, I did not know that this was being made until it came out. Um, mm -hmm. and so it, it was kind of a nice surprise for me. Um, but I, yeah, did not get to it right away, uh, between this show and, uh, HBO Max's like scavengers rain. I was like, oh, there's some good animated shows that I'm looking forward to here. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to dive into blue eye samurai this, 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 this week here. Um, Melissa. I, yes. Did had had this made it to your radar? Did, was I the one that like put it up on your the, like might now watch it for the sh show radar? What 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 had, what's your experience with Blue Eye Samurai? <laughs> <laughs> I had heard of it before. I had heard several podcasters raving about this thing. Uh, you wanted to watch it for the show, I'm like. Of course you do. This is a very Kyle show. 
Yes. My brothers <laughs> both is. got really into it. I remember at our family Christmas party, I'm in the middle of hanging up decorations and one of them comes in and then the other one comes in. They're like, Melissa, did you finish Blue you Eye the Samurai? <laughs> They're just talking loudly at each other. And I'm like, will one of you help me hang up this banner? <laughs> Guys, I've the tree topper. Yes. <laughs> Come Can we on. get on this? <laughs> Interesting. Okay. That's fun. Good stuff. Yeah, um, man. I So if you guys are unaware, like I mentioned, this is a Netflix animated series, I guess, came out November 3rd. Uh, it is created by Amber Noizumi and Michael Green. I hope I'm pronouncing uh, both of those names <laughs> cor- correctly. Um, and it was directed by Jane Wu with a star-studded vo- vo- voice yeah. cast. Uh, Maya Erskine, J- George Takai, Masi Oka, uh, Bur- K- K- Kenneth Bur- Branagh's in this, Randall Park, Ming-Na Wen uh, is mm-hmm. in, in, in this, all sorts of people. Um, yeah, and I, I, I had heard nothing but good things things about this all over social media so i'm glad we got to bring this on the show uh i i knew this would be something that i was into and i liked and yes i did like the show uh but i'm curious to know your thoughts melissa because i know this is not as up your alley and as this episode was approaching uh, we like Ignacio, who's sometimes on some of our episodes uh, for it, it, especially for the Reactor Core podcast that mm-hmm. we do. Uh, he was interested in checking this out, was not able to make it. Um, but you were like, yeah, I don't know if this is going to be my thing. Mm-hmm. So now that you've seen all eight episodes, which, by the way, a season two is in in is in production or has at least been green lit um what did you think this is a very impressive show uh <laughs> i can't understand that i did enjoy it i you pitched me this and you pitched me scavengers rain and i tried an episode <laughs> of both of them and i'm like i do like blue eye samurai better than scavengers rain which is fine on its own it just was not what I was expecting. It was very slow, very sort yeah. of ponderous. Yeah. I've realized that animation is a medium that can contain so many things. And I always appreciate when it happens. I love to see new animated projects. But for my own personal tastes, I want, I expect adult animation to either be funny or like sort of weird, like just sort of uncanny and bizarre and unnerving. I want, interesting spirited away or i want the simpsons that's where my personal taste lies and i know i i should be more into animated action than i am well it's it's interesting you say that because that's more so what scavenger's reign ends up being it is that like this is weird this is bizarre like what is happening here um, I when I saw the thumbnail for Scavengers Rain, it looked like an Adult Swim cartoon, and I know Adult Swim has done all sorts of different genres, but I'm like, this looks like China, Illinois, or something. So I think I was put off of Scavengers Rain because when I clicked on it, I thought it was going to be funny, and it wasn't. Yeah, it, it, no, it just wasn't a comedy. It did not attempt 
to be funny. Right. Yeah. No, not a comedy. You did get it right, though, when you said it looked more ponderous. Uh, I have since gone back and watched all of Scavenger's Reign. Absolutely loved it. It was incredible. Uh, But yeah, it is weird. It's bizarre. It is like it's yeah, just it's about a bunch of people like surviving on this alien planet and the weird things that happen. Uh, but it is slow. It is just like, let's let's just walk and talk and have weird things happen in the background, like weird alien things are happening. But then something weird is happening to this character. Um, so, yeah, it's it's interesting that you say, say that. Um, but yeah, that has also kind of been a discussion with these two shows coming out around this time is that there there's also a lot a lot of people out there who are kind of tired of the like why does all adult animation have to be the like adult swim comedy family guy american dad bob's burgers style like like why does it have to be that why can't we have like a samurai show that also has some like funny just normal cartoon moments and stuff like that right or some like yeah ponderous sci-fi that is just slow and all about world building and stuff like that um so i i think that's also part of why these two have kind of stuck out recently of just like oh this is something different from what we normally get here um which is great both of these projects seem absolutely correct i know i'm the weirdo for failing to get into things as much as the general public you're a weirdo (laughs) i'm the one who's currently obsessed with the 80s detective dramedy moonlighting yeah (laughs) good stuff good stuff indeed but yeah i'm I'm glad that you ended up liking this um because, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of good, fun stuff to talk about in in this, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I, again, to give p- people a little bit more information, the premise of Blue Eye Samurai, uh, this is set during Japan's Edo period, uh, which is the 17th century. I'm just writing this straight off of Wikipedia here. Uh, it's in which a half-white, half-Japanese Onamusha named Mizu quests for vengeance against four white men, uh, one of whom is her father, uh, who who illegally remained in Japan during the closing of its borders by the Tokugawa shogunate. Um, So I I don't know if this is based on any kind of real events or not, um, but I I, I had a lot of fun with this. I think the setting may be accurate. I think this sure. these were real conditions Japan was in at the time. I think they just invented a story within that setting. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, that's I mean, that's kind of it. Like I, I, I thought the animation was absolutely incredible. Um, yes. It had some it, it, it had some funny moments that I was not expecting, like even in this like bloody gory sex filled samurai show that this is there were some moments that felt more like a not not a i i don't want to say it was a children's cartoon but there are 
and like there's there's bits and pieces that are are like oh it has that kind of sensibility or something but in an adult manner if that mm. makes sense um this show is very bloody and yes. very booby yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes a very booby show lots more dick than i was expecting to yeah yeah so i i like sure like I, that's a good thing we need some uh some more dick out, out there it's usually boobs which is fantastic everyone loves boobs but not enough dick out there right more cartoon dick yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah, yeah, was not expecting some of that. And to be honest, I have to say, I, I think I was actually a little bit more put off by how much like sexual content was in this. Um, some stuff that not, not like I don't mind sexual content. And I, I like there was just certain things where it's like, did we need that? I don't know. But but they also didn't like linger on it too long like yeah. nothing felt like it was just like okay this is an out of place sex scene did we really need yeah. this but there was still some some bits that were, were j -j -j just like i i feel like this this three seconds of a thing that was shown here maybe we didn't need that much i don't know we'll get into, <laughs> into it once we get into spo spoilers and, and and stuff like that but uh yeah i i had a blast with this i liked this a lot Mm -hmm. indeed indeed do you have any other kind of uh shout outs or things we missed uh that you want to mention here in I, our spoiler free discussion i like bit? that the premise is that mizu knows one of these men is her father and she has to meet and identify all of them and then kill them so it's mm -hmm. like the plot of mama mia but with a murder Oh, I didn't know that that was the plot of Mamma Mia. I've never seen it. So, Mamma Mia is about a girl. Her mother is Mia. She, she's about to get married, huh. and she never knew. She never knew who her father was growing up. Her father wasn't in the picture, and as she's about to get married, she's like, "I want to know my dad. I want him to give me away at my wedding. I, this is the time in my life when I'd like to connect with him." So she goes through her mom's old diaries, finds three men that her mom slept with around that time who could have been her father. And she invites them all to this Greek island where they're having this uh, pre-wedding celebration. Huh. Interesting. I, yeah. Did, did not know no that, one dies that was the that. plot of, of no that movie at all. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it has like sprinkles of... I, I guess that or like Mulan or Avatar, the last airbender. There's no like real supernatural powers in no. this. Um, but the, the, the fight scenes are incredible. Uh, there's some great character work in, in this. So I highly recommend checking out blue eyes samurai. It was good. It was fun. Mm. Uh, but that being said, we will take a quick break for some housekeeping uh, and when we come back, we will dive into spoilers for Blue Eyes Samurai. We will be right back. Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. If you didn't know, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots, and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. 
but none of this is possible without your support. Head over to patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can get access to over 40 hours of exclusive content, including our Patreon first podcast, The Pilots Club, when you sign up at our $3 tier. Of course, there is a free version of The Pilots Club available, but episodes are exclusive to our Patreon for two years before they hit the free feeds. If you're interested in buying merch, we have shirts, hoodies, mugs, and more for sale over at thewhatnots.com slash store. Another great way to help us out is by subscribing and leaving a nice rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for video versions of the show, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, you can always find out more information about the shows we make on our website, thewhatnots.com. All right, we are back. Once again, a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. Thank you. Thank thank, thank you. Uh, over on the Pilots Club for the month of January 2023, uh, we got to talk about the Hulu sitcom reboot, not the animated cartoon mm-hmm. of the same name. Uh, no relation whatsoever. Uh, but we had a blast talking about reboot. Uh, and then coming up, we are uh, about to record an episode on the pilot for uh, Heat Vision and Jack, which is just absolutely a great time. Directed by Ben Stiller, starring a young Jack Black and Owen Wilson, uh, di- cr- created in, in part by Dan H- H- Harmon. Um, so just an absolute wild show that that is uh, or never was or could have been <laughs> the pilot is out there on youtube if you guys want to go check it out but that'll be what we talk about for the month of february uh but also something exciting for the month of february for the pilots club is we are finally uh releasing our first our very first episode of the pilots club on eureka uh, the, 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 the pilot for Eureka, a uh, sci-fi show about this town that is like filled with geniuses and they're working on all kinds of weird, cr- crazy science experiments. And the show follows a dad who kind of stumbles into the position of sheriff of the town. Mm-hmm. He, um, he is a sheriff to begin with. He is like a U.S. Sure, marshal. Yes. He's not yeah. just a dad <laughs> who becomes town I'm sheriff. a dad. I should be sheriff of this town. <laughs> I'm already sheriff of my home. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that will be out on public. Uh, you guys can get this wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, I think that's pretty exciting. We we like what we've been up to over on the Pilots Club. Uh, I think it's kind of grown into a really cool, fun show uh, that we have there. So. Go check all of that Pilots Club related stuff out right here over on the review show. Uh, Melissa, last week, you and I got to talk about the Ghostbusters f- franchise, uh, which was a blast. We did all of that in preparation for the new Ghostbusters movie coming out, I believe, the start of March. Um, mm. So in at, at like a month and a week, a, f- a, f- a few weeks here. Um, so. You had a blast with that. If you guys want a, want a good time, if, if Bustin makes you feel good, 
go check out mm-hmm. our episode on Ghostbusters. Uh, over on the Captain's Log, uh, we had our Planorama, in which we, we planned out some of the fun and gig games that we'll be up to over on the Captain's Log throughout the year. Yes. Kyle. Melissa. Yeah. I figured it out. I figured out what we got to do for a snack attack. It was obvious oh. the whole time. What was we it? We got to make hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Hot dogs. Hot dog challenge. Let's do a hot dog challenge. No wizard waffles. Uh, no, nope, <laughs> hot dog challenge. At least this year. Yeah. <laughs> wizard wiener. waffles postponed. <laughs> wizard we'll elect wieners. a wiener king this year. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to hear some of the shenanigans, we'll be up uh, on. Go go check out that. Also on that, Melissa, you, your your car got broken into uh, and mm-hmm. in which you talk about the scent of c- crime. So if you want to know what the scent of crime is, go check out the captain's log. Um, good stuff. And then last but not least, over on the reactor core uh, we have a spoiler cast up for Marvel's newest show, Echo. Uh, so you guys can go check out our thoughts on that. Uh, and then coming up down the road on the reactor core, uh, Melissa, Yeo and I talked about doing a spoiler cast for the newest season of True Detective. Once that's mm. all, f- all finally out. Um, so be on the lookout for that in a few weeks. Uh, so, yeah. I believe that is it for housekeeping. So let's get on to spoilers for Blue Eye Samurai. I keep w- w- wanting to call it Blue Eyed Samurai. That just yeah. feels more grammatically it, correct. Yeah. I, I guess both of them are, rhymes. but yeah, Blue Eye Samurai. <laughs> Maybe this is samurai. foreshadowing. And in later samurai. seasons, Mizu would will lose samurai. an eye, so she will be left as mm. only blue eye samurai singular. Interesting. The 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 yeah the single eye samurai, single blue eye samurai. Interesting. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Where should we start with this? Uh, let's let's start with the animation itself. Let's talk about that because uh, I I I really really liked the animation in this. I thought it was gorgeous, um, but it's interesting to me. So last year on the podcast, we covered a manga called Knights of Sidonia. Yes, and Netflix has an adaption of that manga, uh, as well as uh, stuff like uh, Ajin Demi Human that is in this like CGI style that is still is trying to have that anime look and but it's this like these weird th- 3D models but the models are outlined in like a line stroke and this the the art the artwork in in this the 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 3D mo- 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 models in this almost look like that it feels like a progression that they like mm-hmm. they first started out with that style in knights of sedonia and they've been able to perfect it in something like blue eyes samurai um yeah it visually or not in terms of its uh aesthetic and the sort of setting and the way the characters look but in some elements of the animation style it looked a lot like arcane from yes. netflix a couple years ago there, there is a a painterly 
quality to it, mm. especially in the back grounds and in and environments, um, which in a weird way kind of flattens it out from this like 3D CGI animation style, but also like they're able to just do incredible stuff with depth in this. Um, yeah, I like I, I I just had a great time just looking at the show. show. <laughs> like great for I looking. Yeah. Blue Eye Samurai, it's a looker. <laughs> um but yeah, what did you think about the 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 artwork here in in this? You mentioned Arcane, which is also on the Netflix too. Mm-hmm. I it looks stunning. I think it especially does a great job with the settings. Mm-hmm. There's beautiful landscapes here, beautiful historic buildings. Uh, a lot of the scenes take place when it's snowy outside, so that felt like an extra appropriate watch for this time of year. Mm-hmm. You also get beautiful. You see every season at some point through flashbacks. Yeah, you get all sorts of colors and stuff. I think my favorite bits was kind of more towards the end when they are like inside the the castle. And there's like the pink cherry blossoms, the green grass, the blue Mm street, like just all these bright, vivid colors. Um, Because, yeah, like you you get some that are like, okay, this scene's taking place at night or inside a brothel and everything's just kind of like beige and brown and orange. And and it still looks I like the brothels. Yeah, I I like the. It was just dimmer, if that makes sense. Like there's Mm. not as much just like, whoa, there's a lot happening on screen here and it's all bright and I want to look at all of it. Um, it was just <laughs> I like, kind of like the warm, stealthy. diffuse lighting of when they're inside all of those rice paper wall buildings and everything's lit with candles. Classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Great stuff. I think even in the character designs that we got in this show, I felt like it was maybe a little more akin to like the, the Mulan character designs like it 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 does not look disney to yeah. be cu- to be clear but it like it it f- feels like a good mix between that and cora like the, the uh-huh. legend of Korra. it's it's like a it, it's inspired by both of those and still feels wholly its own it's not like oh this is a show that was made by mm. the same studio that does cora or whatever yeah um, it's just like, huh, okay, I, this is they they they've they found their their own style here, which is nice. I listened to a podcast called Imaginary Worlds, a show mm-hmm. about why we create them and how we suspend our disbelief. They're little like 30 to 40 minute episodes. Each one is on a particular story or like a genre or some sort of an angle in the world of like fantasy and science fiction and genre fiction. And it's hosted by a guy who has a, a background in animation. He used to do storyboards for Rugrats. Sure, and he yeah. just did an episode that's <clears throat> a nice in-depth interview with Jane Wu, talking about how the show was animated, why the style was chosen, where it was done, and how much research and craft went into everything. Mm-hmm. Jane Wu was saying she'd put on these full kimonos and model them for the animation team so that they would know 
this is how heavy this thing is. Yeah. This is how somebody moves when they're wearing one of these. You can't just have a Kimmy lightly jump from one place to another. Like, that's real effort for her when she's wearing this many pounds of fabric that's yeah. folded in this way. And then the martial arts that they would stage and practice yeah. and choreograph to yeah. get animated. Yeah, absolutely. The We'll, we'll circle back to the m- m- martial arts, but that was chef's kiss. Incredible mm-hmm. stuff. Um, yeah, even just the way the characters moved, like it, it's not rotoscoped or anything like mm. that, but you can absolutely tell that they are working off models, working off of like, OK, let's get two like stunt people to to film this choreography and then we can use that to animate it and stuff. Um like he, even when like certain characters are running away, yeah, when they have these like big kimonos or outfits on, then mm. you can see they're like stuck inside these these outfits and they can't move. Or they have to move a certain way to do that. Um, it yeah, it it all just it it all blends together to create just this incredible work uh, that they've mm. if they've gotten here. So bravo to. The studio that uh, worked on this, I'm not actually sure if there was because you said it was a. It's it's a French studio. A couple production companies, Blue Spirit, Netflix Animation, J.A. Green Construction Core and Three Arts Entertainment. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know what that, that, that means. Are, are those the animation studios? I have no idea. I don't know how this works, um, but they did a fantastic job. So. Bravo to them. Um, let's see here. I mentioned Mulan and the only other kind of sprinkle uh, in this that is kind of Mulan related, besides having Ming-Na Wen voice a character uh, in, in, mm. in this, uh, is the, the fact that the, the, the blue-eyed samurai himself is a woman. Mm. Um, but I, I also like that then none of the characters end up like using like she, her pronouns. They keep saying he, him, like it, it they're, yeah. they're just like, all right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I think you are the, the blue eye samurai. Who, I think the only one who knows is Ringo. Right. Uh, the sort of apprentice character who is sworn to secrecy about it and absolutely upholds that secret never tells anybody which is great to see uh which the 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 scene in which he finds out is absolutely fantastic (laughs) i loved it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but but yeah there's not there's not many people that know uh a fowler did figure it out Um, oh yeah yes at the end and i i have a feeling that uh what's his name um god why am i not uh the the dude that wants his honor back the the i must yes. reclaim my honor tygen Ty- uh, tygen thank you i have a feeling he n- knows but just hasn't said mm-hmm. much especially with her, her being hurt as 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 much as she was right like mm. he probably figured it out and then there is that one scene where she ends up on top of him Right. And mm-hmm. he, he gets a boner and it's just like, oh, oh, God, sorry. Yeah. Uh, 
um but but yeah I, I i like that the characters still continue to use the the he him pr- mm. pronouns and and mm. uh yeah there is not a a scene where they are confused by that or like no i think it's it's, it's just a matter of fact yeah yeah and i think it seems relatively apparent that mizu being somebody who already has this this mixed race that is so contentious has this visual marker of the blue eyes and in a society where women's roles are so limited you can't easily see her being like i can't also be a woman i i need to masquerade as a man to get a little bit more mobility in my life and you see the flashbacks where her mother was like you they're looking for a boy. They're looking for a girl. So we can never let you appear as a girl. You must right. appear as a boy and that'll help you keep hidden. And as the show goes on, I am curious to see uh, if, if there comes a time where Mizu, do you feel if that's not necessary? Is this how you would prefer to, to live, to look if, you, if circumstances were different? We don't get the clearest look into Mizu's personal view of herself. And I, I keep using feminine pronouns because that's what the Netflix episode descriptions used. <laughs> I figured that was a reliable source. Yeah, and I, I, I think there is also kind of a distinction between the blue eye samurai and yes. then that vision of her that we get where she's mm. about to be married and she seems happy and is like doing all the wifely stuff. She's she, she's not 100 percent happy in yeah. in that role. She did like but she's. When she learns to like the guy that she's with, she's like, this actually isn't so bad. Like, I I, mm. I don't have to worry about revenge and all of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe there is a point where she can let her hair down and let go of this blue eyes samurai mm. identity. But when she is in that identity, very much is he him. Yes. Um, and there's also an acknowledgement of that when uh, when he saves the b- brothel from the local g- gang and the mad- mad- madam who r- runs the place is said, like, you're more man than a- any customer that's come into mm-hmm. my to, to my shop here. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought that stuff was good, but it's also that they don't do- dwell on that, which I liked mm-hmm. a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I I, I got other business to attend to. Not a priority. Mentioning that, right? Yeah, but I I I think I keep mentioning this because to me this is a great example of uh, a character dealing with or 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 having a an identity where they do take different traditional pronouns Mm -hmm. than than Mm. you know what they were assigned at birth and there are some shows that would would then take this narrative to be a trans narrative and if you take it that way i don't think that's a wrong way to look at it but i also don't think the show is pushing that either Mm. um and I, i i think there's there's like a fine line to walk of like there there are shows that need to take that path of pushing that narrative to normalize that trans mm-hmm. experience but then i think there's also ones that need to just it kind of is what it is and they don't really mention it and they move on and it's just that is what it looks like to be 
normal, right? You don't mm. have to push that narrative. So I just think it was a good example of that, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I hope that in the future of Mizu's journeys, when it does seem like she is in a, a male presenting fashion, more out of a sense of for safety, for, for logistical, for practicality reasons. If she did meet somebody who was, um, who, who did it for, for gender identity reasons more explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, th I, th I thought all, all that stuff was fantastic. Uh, can we talk about Ringo? I loved Ringo. Ringo, Ringo was very great. Sweet. Ringo's the best. He, he, he was born without hands. And so he just kind of works in his father's noodle shop and just wants to be a good noodle maker. But he's a little clumsy. He's a little annoying. He's a little, he's a little clingy. Uh, but when he runs into the blue eyes samurai, he's just like, that is someone who's on the path to greatness. Let me follow them. Let me learn and study. I will be their apprentice. And so he's just like, all right, dad, peace out. I'm gone. Mm. Um, and it just is absolutely trying his damnedest to be like, let me be your apprentice. And the blue man, Miezu is, is just like, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> like no please no uh to the point where uh he buys him like a three night stay at a brothel where he he we find out he's a virgin he's never had sex and they're like they're explaining uh like for for him what to do i love that they are teaching him it's great yeah, just like this so is what you friendly. do you can be a little rough they're with so it yeah kind. It's great. It's so good. And then when uh, they they put his uh, arms and what would be his uh, hands on on her robes, she's like these one these are a little more delicate. They're like peaches. Mm. You need to be soft mm. with them. And so yeah, at the end of that first episode, when he stumbles upon Mizu bathing, and she stands up and is completely naked, he just goes peaches. <laughs> 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 which is so dumb but it's great um mm -hmm. but yeah like his his character especially i felt he he was the one that had those moments i was talking about where it's like mm. okay this kind of feels more like what you would get in a children's show in avatar the last air bender mm. or something like that where yeah you do kind of have a character that maybe stumbles onto someone while they're bathing and they have the hot springs episode right um or the the fact that like he's just in the middle of this ceremony where the whole town is stripping naked to go like jump into this mm. icy cold well water to get this stick which will grant their wish and he has no idea what's happening and just does the same thing it is is just like all right i'll strip naked too and he's barreling mm. down the thing knocking people off and he's just he has this like childlike spirit that is is just like mm -hmm. i'm just here to have fun i wouldn't be great i want to make noodles yeah. amazing right yeah i like that his goal in life is that he says i knew i could never be great but i could be a part of great I could mm. support and facilitate greatness for somebody who that is truly their destined path. And he's like, I want to be the best at that that I possibly could be. And I kind of appreciate that, that there's nothing. Yeah. 
he isn't heroic in his own right that he he could go on to do great things but i like that i like the dignity given to a character who's like i just want to be the best apprentice i can be i don't have to be the master of anything how do i help how do i be the best i can at helping other people that's what i want out of life and i'm not sure what avenue i'll find myself in like he considers being the apprentice to the noodle guy or to the sword father his his hopes and dreams get crushed when he has the most amazing noodles he's ever had and he's the guy is just like yeah i'm the second best he's just like second (laughs) best if if this guy's only second best (laughs) who then where where am i like i thought i was good (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah um but 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 yeah i i i like his uh, his character, because he, he, even in wanting to be the best apprentice and be a helper, he does have a sense of dignity. Like like you said, there is a moment in the where Mizu kind of gives Akimi up to uh, the, the mm-hmm. people that are looking for 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 her in this fashion that is just like, wow, you are a selfish jerk. And he's mm-hmm. just like fuck you like i i if Mm. if that's who you are i don't actually know if you're on the path to greatness um and maybe i i shouldn't be your apprentice um Mm. and yeah he like hands back his bell uh because he's he's so sneaky which i i loved (laughs) as well it's like the seinfeld episode where there's where elaine gets a new co-worker that is so sneaky and will just like sidle Mm. right up up to tell you and so she's like oh man your breath is bad here have this box of tick tat attacks oh. um and that way every, everywhere he walks you just hear the and then it's just the most annoying sound ever wherever <laughs> he goes um but 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 yeah he's just like here's your bell like i don't need this i don't need you like i like that he has his his own mm. dignity too like, i'm not gonna yeah. stick around you if this is the kind of person you are um, mm-hmm. so good stuff for him too um akimi yeah i liked I, I her like storyline her a lot yeah. yeah i i like her relationship with um george decay is mm-hmm. it saito is that his character's name uh saki maybe let me see what what is it what is it what is it um it starts with an s let's see i am looking on the why can't i find this where is it oh yes i'm very seki 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 Uh, i'm i'm very happy george decay is in this uh (laughs) the guy's gonna be like 90 years old or something still sounds wonderful i yeah. like his role as this uh sort 86 of that's how 86. old he is 86 wow keep on trucking george decay what a legend yeah. i <laughs> i like his role as like the the, the, the the grand vizier or something this sort of courtly man who's there to be an advisor to the family and has been in like a fatherly role to Akimi that becomes a little more literal as the story goes on. He's like, I really tried to make it. I really tried to take care of you. Yeah. I, I honestly love you like family and she loves him too. 
I like when they try and run off together where she's like, I am not marrying this Lord that my dad says I have to marry since Tygen got a haircut and ran off to chase his honor. I'm leaving. And he's like, I'll go with you. And then you find out he's like slightly double crossed her. I appreciate the nuance in a lot of these storylines. And this yeah, one is absolutely where he's like, she is trying to break the system. And he's like, I'm trying to be realistic here. I really don't think you can break the system. I'm trying to do everything I can and set it up so that you can still be within the system, but bend it a little. And you'd be surprised how much you can thrive. He's like, yeah, "Yeah, your dad's marrying you off to some Lord. His angle's like, why do you think you would lose in that scenario? I believe you could win. I believe you could, you could find a lot of success here. Where she hates to do this thing, and he's like, I believe in you so much and your ability to make the best of the situation that you would hate being in. So that's why I'm not on your side as much as you think I should be. Right. And like trying to help you escape. Uh, and then he it turns out to have a, some great insight, and she does really make the most of that situation where she's married to that Lord. I like when she he's so silent and he seems very haughty and very aloof and very judgmental. And the other women of the court are like, he thinks he's better than us. He won't talk to us. And then she finds that he has a speech impediment. And that's why he hasn't been speaking is that he's self-conscious about that. And she's able to actually have a conversation with him and learn something about him and learn that he's uh, just as awkward and insecure in this role. (laughs) She kind of (laughs) is. And and they (laughs) You seem to start a genuine bond. I liked that. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll circle back around to his character in a bit, because obviously I have a speech impediment, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked her character and her journey because, yeah, she she she's a character that wants control of her life. I, th- I think mm-hmm. at one point she says she wants f- freedom, but I, I don't think that's really the right word for it. Um, she's just not sure where she fits and she knows that she does not want to be the like silent obedient housewife that the like her culture traditionally would have her be Um, and and so yeah she 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 wants to run away with the man that she has fallen in love with and is not in the like arranged marriage per Mm. se with Um, and then that kind of goes south, and uh, I, I I thought for a while there there'd be an interesting thing where like oh does uh like does she then become a bad guy because Tygen is kind of teaming yeah. up with that with that and it's like well not exactly that's not really what happens but then did like she almost it at one point then kind of also sides with the with the blue eyes samurai with Mizu, but that's not all that's not really what happens because then Mizu is like after uh he saves her is just like yeah you guys can take her um but then by the end of this seems to kind of be hell bent on no i'm gonna be the empress or or whoever yeah. like i'm i'm gonna be the queen in charge here and i think that's how i can control my life here um which is 
kind of what Seki was wanting for her, but I don't necessarily think imagined it in the same way that she is now. And I I like that. I like that she's kind of having this heel turn to be like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to be the villain from now on. Uh, and, and not that she is like actually wanting to be a villain, but it yeah. w- I think will become a major antagonist down the road. Yes. So I know like she's Mizu's off to London, but mm. I, I, I still think she will be a major force here. Uh, yeah, uh, Akimi isn't necessarily antagonizing anyone else, but she is her own number one priority. She will do whatever it takes to get to her best vision of her life. Yeah, but she does have some nice moments of kindness. I like when she uses some of her newfound money after she marries into this family. Um, after she worked at that brothel for a night, some of those women come to town and she's like, she fires the sort of snobby, snippy uh, ladies of court. And is like, I would like to hire you to yeah. be my ladies of court if you would have it. Absolutely. I think that's nice. I also really appreciate that this is a very sex positive and sex work positive show. Mm-hmm. And that when she offers those women the chance to come work for her, there's one younger girl who's very grateful. Like, oh, this means I don't have to be a prostitute anymore. But and the, the other ones seem to join her, but there isn't a very clear, oh, we're saved from the terrors of that brothel. Like, you can tell they want to work there, but it doesn't uh, paint the the other option in an overly negative light. I think that is something the show does a good job of at various points. Like, when it seems that uh, uh, Mizu is living as a man maybe more for practical reasons. There isn't a moment where the character's like, you think I want to live as a man? Like they don't put down uh, any right. option of like doing right. that by, by choice. Yeah. I think even the scenes where Akemi is in the brothel and is like learning the trade and stuff. Yeah. There is a very positive, powerful, mm-hmm. like, Hey, you can find power through yes. these means as well you can control men this way too and uh, like that, that some people might kind of see that as like a devious scheming right like mm. in like haha it's evil now i can con- control your life through sex but i like it's it's not that cartoonish it's not villainous it is about empowering these women to kind of take control of their own life and despite mm-hmm. being in what might traditionally be considered these like vulnerable positions it's actually the men that are in these vulnerable yeah. positions here um so it because yeah it 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 it, t- it takes a lot of power and restraint and self-control to be in a submissive mm-hmm. role um and yeah it's it, like they it, it's just it's it's a good good sex positive yeah. show but there is a lot I, of sex there is and, and a lot of variations on sex i love that the one night akimi works at that brothel which she is doing to try and get to the blue eye samurai yeah she, as a challenge they give her like their toughest client which is just this very large man of not great health who can't really get it up and he's just kind of of a slob yeah right and he'll try at it for 
hours trying to get something to happen. And the other women are like, oh, it's exhausting being with that man. You try it. And she finds something she has in common with him. Like, they both love poetry. And they have this, like, erotic freestyle poetry back and forth. And she's able to get him to climax just with that, like, without touching him at all. But also not in a way that paint. You get to see a fairly dignified portrait of that man. Like, he seems to be genuinely intelligent and respectful of her. uh, And she gave him a great experience that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It kind of reminds me of the movie Poor Things. uh, This Ah. whole scene, right? Because the one of the characters in that goes through a similar experience where uh, she ends up basically in a, a brothel and is kind of learning the tricks of the trade and learning that some of these men, maybe the, the more undesirable ones and or have like weirder kinks or something like that. Mm. Maybe all you really need to do is actually sit down and talk with them and have a good time, yeah. like match with them intellectually. T- tell them a, j- a joke. I loved that 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 uh-huh. scene in Pure Things when when they sit d- down and he tries to tell her because she's just like, "Hey, tell me a joke <laughs> first. Like, let's let's just start having a conversation. Let's br- let's break the tension that's here, mm-hmm. right?" And they just have a good time l- laughing, and it's just like, "Yeah, that's actually like that's fun. That's a good experience, mm-hmm. right?" Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that it reminds me of that, but. Like I kind of alluded to earlier, there there's a few things in here. It, it's it's only like once or, tw- or twice that there are sexual related bits that don't even last that long. It's it's like three seconds on screen that, that it was just like, did we really need that? Like, I, I get that you're showing all of these different positions and kinks and all of this stuff. But there is there is one and I. Well, say what I'm about to describe is pretty graphic. Uh, mm-hmm. So fair warning that might want to skip ahead for the next minute or so if you don't want to hear. Um, but there is a threesome like a, a, a male, uh, male, female threesome uh, where the guy in the middle has his throat slit while yes. they're having sex. And it's just like, what did did we need that? I don't think it's especially with like how how quick it is. It's like it's only three. Just just cut that one out and the scene would be the exact same. I'm not laughing at this. You just reminded me of another scene where Abijah Fowler is talking about his plans to like take over the Capitol. And and, and (laughs) he's just he's and he becomes more and more excited. Yeah, (laughs) right. He's becoming more and more excited. And you're like, is this guy getting off on just his own description of his evil villain plan? And then you see this woman pop up from behind him wearing one of those Japanese Oni demon masks. The long long nose. nose. (laughs) Yeah. And and then then he's like. Did I say you could stop? And she's just like, right? uh, mask back on. Here we go. <laughs> like that, that one, I don't mind. That I, I, th- I think was like an actual funny scene. Yeah. But yeah, the, the uh, other one was just just a little much. Um, yeah, I think we and I think it was Abijah Fowler or like one of his men who was in th- doing the throat cutting. And it's like, we get it. <laughs> You're into <laughs> some depraved stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I just, I like, do, really? 
Okay. All right. Fine. But um, I, the only thing about the show that bugged me is that while I love Kenneth Branagh's voice performance, Abijah Fowler looks like Brendan Gleeson. So, <laughs> so it's weird that he's voiced by a different famous Irish actor. Yeah. And Kenneth Branagh just doesn't sound like as big of a guy as Abijah Fowler is. Interesting. Not I, see, enough I thought that it's like a clear voice was fine. The one that stood out and, to and me was job. R- 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 Randall Park, who I, I loved, love. He's incredible. I loved him in this. Uh, but it, he's so recognizable as Randall Park that I've, I've, I'm just like, that's not whatever. That, that's not Heiji Sakite or wh- whatever his n- name was. Like, that's Randall Park. Like, you might, <laughs> might as well have just made the character look like Randall Park. <laughs> I Randall Park does always sound exactly like himself. He's got a wonderful voice uh, with no range that we have gotten to hear yet. It just always (laughs) sounds the same. But he's typically in this very sort of comedic, goofy and like friendly character. That's how Mm -hmm. I've seen him just about every time. So to hear him play this real slimy, conniving, double crossing villain sounding exactly the same, but it still absolutely applies and you you still buy it like that voice can transfer yeah, yeah. into being the slimy guy. Real impressive. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. T- t- I think the other one that su- su- surprised me in the best way possible, Maya Erskine. Yes. Incredible performance. I right. so I I I think she was in uh, an episode of of Obi-Wan Kenobi where she is in a yes. more serious, dramatic role. Mm. But I don't think of her as, as like a dramatic actor. I think of her as a comedian. Mm. I think of her in Pen15 that we, mm. we watched here on 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 the show. So to see her do this like real self-serious brooding character who's dead set on vengeance was just like i this this was great holy cow yeah. she's incredible she she does sound incredible yeah I, it is it is so much deeper and more gravelly than how i've heard her voice in other contexts i listen yeah. to this and i'm like you're doing a wonderful job is your throat okay are you right. do you feel well are you injured like she's she's not she's not down to the like John Wayne gravelly like the like Western stuff, but she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it like I don't recognize her. And it's just like that's that's Maya Erskine. Wow. Incredible. Tremendous job. Bravo. I really excellent voice cast all around. I want to shout out the actors who plays. Mizu's mother, or at least the person Mizu believed was mother, right. uh, is a musical theater actress named Anne Harada, who I've seen live ah. several times. She comes to the local Muni Theater here in St. Louis, and I just saw her last summer as Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. There you go. Uh, Always she's... happy when she she pops up. Happy to hear from Anne Harada. Yeah. Uh, apparently her Wikipedia says, uh, first known for her work in the musical Avenue Q, uh, in which she originated the role of Christmas Eve and the heavily accented Japanese therapist. Yeah. 
I, I, I thought like he, even in the small bits, we did get to see her mom. Yeah. Like the, the, the voice cast is, is just really good. It's stellar. Mm-hmm. Um, but and yeah. I am intrigued by the, the plot hook where Mizu has been chasing after Abijah Fowler, who may be father. <laughs> and then Abijah Fowler's like, you don't know that for sure. There were like, you've already killed one of the other white men who were here in Japan at that time. I know two more. It might be one of them, which is a good angle because you've just been presuming yeah. this is Meizu's father. But once he brings that up, you're like, yeah, you two really don't look alike. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just the only other white guy we've seen. So you must be. <laughs> it's the Spider-Man meme of like, I'm white. You're white. <laughs> right. <laughs> we gotta be related. <laughs> but when he brings up that I, I can take you to one of the other two men who might be your father, and that woman wasn't your mother. She was your maid who mm. was taking care of you. I could tell you the secrets of who your mother is also. Uh, that's a great hook for season two. Yeah. Um, and th- like the weird thing to me is that I, I think at first I read it at he was implying that they're still here in Japan. They're just more hidden than I am. Mm, that's but right. But then by the end of this show, they're off to London. Uh, so I, I don't know if this is uh, like, hey, to get to these people, we need to go to London first to get information because I don't know where they are uh, or all of like he is hidden but he's like visibly hidden. He's locked like Abijah Fowler was kind of just like locked away in this big castle on the hill. Uh, and it's just like, yep, somewhere in there, there's a white guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 so, yeah, to to imply that there's two other white mm. people in Japan that are even more hidden and stealthy than uh that I thought was like, oh, that's that's kind of in- interesting. Where are they hiding? Um, but I oh, maybe they are also back in London. I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm interested to go to London. I. All of the white people Mizu has known have been these terrible criminal villains, this scourge of society. And I am curious how this character will react when taken to London to see just just like normal white people. <laughs> I don't want to come at this with a really white-centric view, but this is a character who not only hates that they are this uh, chimera, but hates the in- one entire half of themselves. And I don't know if it would be that helpful for their journey, helpful for their growth to... Maybe whenever they find uh, whoever their father is, maybe their father is like a relation where it's like, I hate my dad, mm. but I have this aunt who seems okay. <laughs> the, the cool aunt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how I'd feel if Mizu just spent Mizu's entire life hating this one half of themselves or like accepting me themselves as like a, as this hybrid, like with the sword metaphor about how the steel won't work if it's too pure it needs to be a blend but also mm, yeah uh, not just seeing yourself as an individual but like how do you think you fit into uh 
any other relations, any other cultures. Sure. Or or even then to extend that metaphor to the kind of closed off Japanese culture at the time of like, they're they're trying not to get this outside influence because they don't Mm. want to be tainted by the wealth and greed that the the white man has. Uh, But then like it, is there actually stuff we can learn from them? Technology, sure. like obviously they couldn't stand up to guns at all. So mm-hmm. is is there some kind of thing they can take or use or learn to further their own culture in the way that they want to? Um, yeah, I, I think that is that might be where the show is headed. It's at least a major theme metaphor mm. in the show, right? And it's it's okay to have this like mixed culture. Yeah. And it has been so binary with Japanese people and white people. I and I I understand what the show's focus is, but I am curious if in Mizu's journeys, we'd encounter characters from other parts of the world. We have a character Mm. from Africa or South America or somewhere. Yeah, she runs into Yasuke from the the anime ah. Yasuke, right? Uh, who who knows? Uh, who I believe was a, a real historical person. Yep. Um. So yeah. Uh. Real quick, did want to circle back to the character that Akimi ends up kind of married to at the end here with oh, the yes. speech impediment. I don't remember his name. Um. But. It was it so for as as someone who has a speech impediment, it is pretty rare that I see one on television or in movies, mm-hmm. and even rarer still that they are portrayed well. Uh, the often portrayed as like being dumber or not smart mm-hmm. or having some kind of mental illness or something like that. It's 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 so crippling to the, them that they 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 can't do anything or they're seen as less in society mm. um and he he has this insecurity about it to the point where yeah he doesn't really say much um and unfortunately for him that means some of the p- people that kind of work around him think that means he's like stuck up or stuff mm. like that uh but I, yeah absolutely know what that's like to uh just have that insecurity of just like i don't know if i really want to speak in this situation or do stuff like that i to be honest i didn't think i would ever do a podcast uh and here i am like eight years into (laughs) it's still doing that i only know of or have have heard of one other podcaster that had a speech impediment and that's kind of it like i i'm not familiar with it in the same way here in this it's just it's it's neat to to just see him portrayed well of just like oh yeah mm-hmm. like that's that's him that's me that like that's just he's doing fine cool <laughs> right like <laughs> <laughs> again kind of goes back to what i was saying about the 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 pronouns and stuff it's just Mm. like they don't really like they 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 do quickly comment on it like oh you have a speech impediment uh and and then like amy can kind of relate to him of like hey i knew someone else who had one and he was cool i kind of had a crush on him and he was actually Mm -hmm. smart and like i know there's a lot of people out there that 
might not think you're smart because you can't get the words out. Um, but I think the best part about the whole situation to me was the way they dis- described it. Um, because that was kind of the only explanation I ever got to. And it made sense. Mm. Um, it is like they don't know why. I stutter that they're not like it is like you have this certain gene or you have this certain mm. condition. It's it's just it kind of happens. Uh, and the best way we know how to kind of describe it is that your brain moves faster than your mouth can move. And at the time, I didn't really think much about like what that meant, because when I was in speech therapy, I was in elementary school school. So I was still really young. Um, but. As I've gotten older, I've kind of realized of like, yeah, I think I think my brain just moves faster than my mouth can move. That's why I talk really fast. That's why I mm. uh, when I listen to podcasts, it's almost at like times two speed on most of oh. them. And that sounds normal to me. Like I, I, I it, when I listen to podcasts at regular speed, I'm like, man, these people are moving in slow motion. That's so it, it's it's just it's weirdly made sense of like I think my brain just moves faster. Not that I'm smarter, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I don't know. And, but that makes sense, and it's just like, huh, that's the s- same explanation that I got. <laughs> All right, cool. That's me. Yeah. Not not to take us on a tangent, but out of curiosity, how do you feel about Porky Pig? Is he good speech impediment representation? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, He's he's, none of the other Looney Tunes ever make fun of him. He's one of the gangs saying he's anybody else's. Yeah, I, I I think that's maybe one of the 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 shining moments, the silver linings in that is they don't make fun of him for stuttering, mm-hmm. but I think there's certain ways to in in the same way that Japanese animation will often do will switch it, it, animation styles in the midst of an anime to uh portray some kind of emotion or or something like that. They they almost simplify the art style right mm-hmm. uh, in in that way when they go to this like almost chibi mode um and in the same way i feel like porky pig's stutter might be a similar kind of line of thinking of yeah maybe he is insecure or just unsure of himself mm. or indecisive and that's why like they can use something like that kind of as a caricature which can maybe be a fine line to walk right um but he like he's a talking pig <laughs> right yeah. so it, he he's a cartoon character um but yeah no i i don't know i haven't thought too <laughs> too, too de- deeply uh just curious <laughs> welcome to my ted talk about right. Por- porky pig right. and speech <laughs> impediments um who knows but yeah um can we talk briefly about the choreography the fight scenes oh yeah yes in Incredible. Melissa, mm. they did one of my favorite tropes in Blue Eyes Samurai when the anime character takes off the weighted clothing. 
when 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 Piccolo yeah. t- takes off his t- his t- turban and his wristbands, all that stuff, and it's like, oh, those were actually fifty pounds. Incredible, Chef's Kiss, Blue Eyes Samurai does that, but they take it a step further. Later in the show, you find out that those same weights can be wound up tight and screwed into the bottom of her sword to 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 make a new weapon in Odachi, I think is what it was. Just this like long staff with like a a sword on on the end, completely changing the fighting style. Just Mm -hmm. mind blown. Incredible. (laughs) Love it. Chef's kiss. So good. I. There's wonderful fight choreography and a lot of with Mizu living with the sword father, this old man who makes Smith swords. There's so much attention to detail about like how a sword is made and where it comes from Mm, and the skill that goes into it. I come from a line of blacksmiths, so I really appreciated that. You and I both have knife dads. (laughs) <laughs> I did watch this and think of the time your dad bought 200 knives off the shopping network. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. Indeed. Yeah. Man, uh, the... I... continue, please. No, I also want to shout out the set piece where Mizu is sneaking into uh, Randall Park's fortress to get to Abijah Fowler. There's really intense stunt choreography. Yeah. But also, we are walking, we're going through this scene like it is a live action movie and it has a specific camera. Like yeah. the camera is part of it in a way that you don't always see with animation. It's moving and sweeping around and following Mizu and all this. Like the camera's as choreographed as the action is. And I love that. Yeah. Um, that that fight scene in particular was wild because you think, all right, here's this like serious samurai show it's bloody it's gory it's for adults right and then yeah there's this like that episode opens up with this like very it's it's like a stormy night this castle on a hill here's this lone swordsman and you have this like like not death metal but you have this like metal like and it's like all right we're about to like let's rock here we go cover of a metallica song yeah and then they he gets inside and starts fighting and then the music comes out of nowhere because it switches from metal to this like rockabilly like elvis style sound and it's just like what what is going on? Like, I I don't think the song was a bad choice because this whole fight scene is fun. That's what mm-hmm. it is. And that's what the song is. And the the guy who rigged the camera in their software to do all that stuff was having fun. The camera is like right there as a character, like moving in and out. And there's one scene where, like, if you guys can see on screen here, my mic, if this is the character the camera is like moving back and forth uh kind of like around it almost um in just a weird way that i've never seen but i but just my first thought was oh the camera guy is having so much fun (laughs) um so yeah yeah like some just just some amazing stuff that just looks looks like they had a blast choreographing it all filming it animating it 
yeah the, the show was so much fun i loved it mm. it was good mm. good stuff good stuff indeed um yeah we we already kind of mentioned that the hook for season two we like where this is going uh is there anything else that we we kind of missed here we didn't really talk much about tygen and his <laughs> journey um, i do like his journey i do like whenever there is a self-centered blowhard who uh, widens their scope more as as their story goes on yeah yeah in indeed um yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Shout out to Blue Eyes Samurai. This was fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, no word on when season two will be here since this just came out uh, pretty recently. Um, but yeah, hopefully we get some more soon. That'll be fun. That'll be good. Mm. All right. Uh, let me see. Let me pull up Bingo. I'm not even ready for this. I don't even have it pulled up here. Let's see. Let's put this down to... I I wish on Google Sheets you could set the default zoom into a oh, certain yeah. degree. I just like stay at this one that I can see the whole thing. All right, let's bring this up on screen. This is our um, our bingo cards for the year. Let's see what we got here. Um, did we have any? <laughs> male protagonist taking his shirt off. off no actors from uh, lost that i know of no um man i i wish we had a sad bachelor ap apartment for tygen <laughs> <laughs> like damn bitch you live I like this <laughs> I don't know how I would evaluate sad bachelor apartment uh, for various historical periods. I only know how to judge that in contemporary times. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can cross off a one shot sequence and puppet literal. Okay. Okay. Now um, I have a square on oops, my bingo sorry. card that says Oscar winning actor. Mm. Kenneth Branagh has not won an Oscar for acting, but he has won an Oscar for best original screenplay for Belfast. I wouldn't give this to myself. I'd wait until we had an actor who won an Oscar for acting. Would you say so? I I feel like yeah. Um, it it the way the way we I think wrote that 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 or the way you wrote that down. It sounds like yeah, you want an who is one for acting not an actor mm -hmm. who's one for like directing or writing I, um, producing there are plenty yeah <laughs> good chance we could run into more yeah um okay let's see uh any kind of sassy grandparent no tall guy small guy are friends not really no. big puddle splash did we get that no i don't think so i don't think so literary oh did we get a literary illusion i don't remember if they quoted not that anything I, not that i know how to evaluate personally yeah um i don't think we got a secret trap door really that's what um, could have used no one contaminated but then again what can't yeah um how do you feel about existential or identity cr cr crisis for Tygen. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think there's several characters that can fit under that banner. Okay. He's he's the one who I think is experiencing it the most acutely. But yes. Yeah. Um, What about weather mirrors emotions? We just talked Mm -hmm. about the like storm happening as she's about to storm the castle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That gives me those two. Um, Do we count the castle as a villain lair? It's not really Abijah's castle, though. He's just hiding out there. So it's Mm. not really his, but I guess. I I think this also ties with the sad bachelor apartment where when we go back into historical periods, I am less able to judge. uh, Oh, this is a real specific ostentatious like if you're watching a Bond movie, when they go to the villain right, layer, yeah. even if you don't see the villain there, you're like, I know what this place is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't t- differentiate settings as clearly uh, going to another oh. time, place, and country so much. I, I also have one shot sequence on mine. Um, okay. Okay. I think this is kind of about it. Yeah. I, I, I think this is... This is it. Um, cool. I, I, I feel like I walked away ahead with that one. Nice. Ooh, okay. Very nice. Good stuff. That was our bingo update uh, for, for everyone. Um, so, Melissa, let's get into recommendations for people that enjoyed Blue Eye Samurai. What else might they like? There is an anime I've only seen a couple episodes of, but I liked what I saw. Uh, It's one from like the 80s or 90s called Revolutionary Girl Utena, which is about this girl who when she was younger, she was like rescued by a prince. And instead of growing up to want to marry the prince, as you might expect, she grows up and she's like, I want to be a prince. Princes are the best. and she identifies as a girl but she's like also i'm a prince though don't call me a princess i like prince that's my aesthetic that's what i'm going for she goes to this private academy she does like to wear the boys uniform but she'll like she's like i am a girl i just want these things please let me have these aspects of the traditional masculine identity thank you and she beats the president of the school club in a duel so lots more sword fighting here And if you beat the president in the duel, you get the Rose Bride. So this girl goes up to her and she's like, I'm your bride now. We'll live together. And Utena's like, I'm sorry. I thought it was just in a sword fight. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Utena's a good one. Yeah. Agreed. I I recommend that YouTube video from seven years ago, History of Japan by Bill Wirtz. (laughs) I All still right. watch that every couple of years. I think that is uh, informative. That's how I knew about things like, okay, so the country's all closed out, it, just like in the history of Japan video. I think that's fun. <laughs> when you go to YouTube, please also look up this promo that George Takei did for Paramount Home Video in the 90s. Oh, we man. had a tape of some Paramount movie, and at the beginning of the tape, He'd come out on the bridge of the Starship Enterprise and he'd explain to you how the rebates worked. He's like, you can get back two dollars and fifty cents on the purchase of a Paramount home video. You or mailed get back this one dollar on a yeah. rental. 
(laughs) (laughs) Which, in the the huge scope of this man's life, it seems so demeaning, but I did garner, like, genuine affection for him watching this (laughs) promo at the beginning of these Paramount tapes I had when I was a kid. And I'm like, it it worked. He's still charming. He's still very lovable, even when he's explaining a rebate to you. Uh, And this will be a treasured George Decay memory, for me at least, along with the rest of his wonderful career. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, there we go. And do watch <laughs> Pin 15, please. You're going to get a very different Maya Erskine than you do in this show. Yeah, the Pin very 15 much so. Is, is so funny and so poignant and heartbreaking in a way that I always have trouble describing to people. They're like, oh, is it cringy? And I'm like, sometimes, but that's not what I'm trying to articulate here. I think you only watched season one of that show and I watched. I did. Yeah. And it's really a remarkable piece of work. It becomes so bold and so, so specific as Hmm. it goes on. Uh, It's one of my favorite things I've watched in the last handful of years. We covered pen 15 season one right here on the show uh, on episode 51. So way back in the day. Yeah. Back in 2019. Um, cool. I have a, a number of recommendations. Um, of course, there's ones that we kind of mentioned throughout the show, including Mulan and Avatar, The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, um, stuff like that. Um, I we on the Pilots Club we covered the pilot episode of Yasuke. Uh, mm. Which I, I guess I, I guess earlier in housekeeping, I mentioned that uh, we're starting to release the Pilots Club in a public feed starting in February 2023. I think Yasuke was episode like three or four or something like that. So it, it should be out in like the middle of 2024 year. Um, is that the year? What year are we in? I don't know. I, I'm confused. I'm confused. Where am I? um um, but yeah go check out yasuke uh go check out ruroni kenshin that is one of my Mm. favorites the anime is incredible as well as the live action movies um those are really really good too um yeah some good samurai stuff um i don't know i think that's that's kind of about yeah, I mean that. Yeah, go 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 check out like Lone Wolf and Cub. Go read the manga mm-hmm. Lone Wolf and Cub. That's always a fa- favorite of mine too. Um, yeah, I think that about does it for my recommendations. So, Melissa, uh, you so you were the one that introduced me to the show that we are covering on next mm-hmm. episode. Uh, yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. We are watching Moonlighting, as previously mentioned. I wanted to watch Moonlighting because this is a show I've always heard about, but I think due to like music licensing rights, it hasn't been available for a very long time. I've never had Mm. the opportunity to see it before. I don't think it was rerunning anywhere uh, in our adult lives, it hasn't been. A, I haven't seen DVDs. It hasn't been streaming. It was just added to Hulu a couple months ago. This is a 1980s detective dramedy, uh, and it was really one of the first shows to pioneer being a dramedy 
People mm. really didn't know what to do with this thing that was neither explicitly comedy nor drama, but very much both swinging back and forth between these two tones. Yeah. It stars Sybil Shepard and Bruce Willis, who accidentally became a, a review show legend. We just <laughs> looked up one day and we're like, we talked about Bruce Willis a lot. Yeah, we have. So I thought it would be appropriate for us to go back and watch the show that made him a star. Yeah. Uh, and then is, is this the show? Am I thinking correctly where this is also one of the shows that a lot of people point to as like the quintessential example of will they, won't they? Yes. Hook up? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. A lot, a lot yeah. of subsequent shows. Uh, it's like X-Files is Moonlighting with Aliens. Bones is moonlighting with skeletons, etc. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Uh, we season one is only six episodes. So we're gonna watch season one and season two. I think that mm-hmm. one's 18 episodes. So we're in for a standard 24 set of episodes. Sure. Uh, these yeah. are on Hulu, which you can also watch through Disney Plus. Perfect. Sounds good indeed. That is what we will do on our next episode, which is in two weeks. So don't forget all of that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, that, I guess, wraps up our episode on Blue Eye Samurai. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the interwebs? I have a letterbox that I don't use as often as I should, but you can find me there at WilkyWit, W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. Uh, if you guys want to follow me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer. Uh, if you would like to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at the Whatnots, we are at the Whatnots on at the Whatnots official on on Threads. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Go check out more of our YouTube videos right over there on that side of the screen. Uh, and yeah, this has been number two hundred and eighty-five of the Whatnots Review Show. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.